It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys here. Hope you guys had yourselves a good weekend and hope you guys are staying safe from everything that's going on. Obviously, things have gotten a little more hectic and a little more concerning uh, over the past couple days regarding the coronavirus. Of course, we've uh, we've seen news that the CDC is recommending that gatherings of 50 or more people be postponed or even canceled now for the next eight weeks. So it's really, really hard at this point to see sports happening even before the start of May. You're, you're already starting to see some leagues like the NBA, for example, is starting to prep for not returning until June. That's how serious this has become. So we're you know, hoping to have some news uh, in, in any sport, really, that's about sports and not necessarily because of the coronavirus. But again, hopefully all you guys out there are staying safe and taking care of yourselves. Um, but as it turned out, we did get some NFL news uh, over the weekend, not regarding the coronavirus. The biggest one, well, we'll start, of course, with the Panthers news. And that was, of course, the Panthers officially decided to decline the 2020 option on defensive tackle Dontari Poe. It was expected to be done. Uh, it was reported a couple weeks ago that it was likely going to happen. Sunday was actually the final day that the Panthers had, or the dead, or rather I should say Sunday was the deadline for the Panthers to make the decision on the 2020 option on Poe, and they decided to do so as it does save almost $10 million in salary cap space, but it does leave about $3.3 million in dead money, and the Panthers are already well ahead of anybody else in the NFL in terms of dead money. Um, even a tweet from middle of February, the Panthers had about $17 million more than the Dolphins in dead money. So now you figure that's up to about uh, $30 million. Uh, in fact, even looking at an old article from Panthers Wire, uh, two of the biggest culprits, we should say, of that... Uh, of that dead money is Luke Kuechly, of course, in his retirement, almost $12 million. And even Matt Khalil is still counting against the Panthers in terms of dead money at $9.8 million. Uh, Greg Olson left behind $3.7 million and now $3.3 million in dead money for Dontari Poe. But again, it does save about $10 million in salary cap. So the Panthers right now are sitting with about $33, $34 million uh, in salary cap, that was another uh, number that came out over the weekend. The NFL officially set the salary cap at $198.2 million. And they were able to set that number because of, of course, the biggest news of the weekend regarding the entire league. The CBA was ratified. The NFL players voted in favor of the CBA on Saturday, or the, with the, the window period ending 
Saturday, and we found out the news Sunday. But as we saw, of course, too, the vote was very, very close. Uh, only 60 votes was the margin uh, in favor of the CBA being ratified. It was 1,019 yes votes compared to 959 no votes. So that's how close this was. And you can tell, unfortunately, that there is a lot of dissension and a lot of division in the players' union. I mean, if... And, and, I, and I get the, the vote was obviously very contentious. You know, the, the big sticking point, obviously, was the 17th game. That was obviously the, the big thing that the Panther... Or, not the Panther... Well, obviously, I'm sure some Panthers players, but players in general had a hard time agreeing to. Obviously, a lot of players came out and spoke against because they already feel that 16 games is too much on their bodies, and now they're... Now they're going to have to play, because at this point it's it's going to happen, that they're going to play a 17th game. But obviously they got some concessions in the form of one less preseason game. Once the season does go to 17 games, which could be as early as 2021, but I think a lot of us are expecting it won't be until 2022 that it'll actually take effect. So you're still going to need time, I think, too, to because um, I think they're also saying it's going to coincide with... Uh, the new TV deals, which I think expire around 22, so this could all um, this could all kind of come together at the same time. Uh, but they will get one less preseason game once the season does go to 17 games, so they'll only have three preseason games. They are going to get a higher percentage of the revenue, but that was another sticking point. I mean, you ask even a lot of people in media, they all feel like it should be a 50-50 split. And, of course, it wouldn't be the first league, or wouldn't or wouldn't have been the first league, to have a 50-50 split. The NBA has it like that, and I think the NHL does as well. But I know the NBA, it is a 50-50 split uh, with the revenue. But with the NFL, it wound up being, uh, right away, I think it jumps up to 48%. And then I think they said it goes to like 48.5% and could go to 48.8% depending on uh, the TV contracts that the NFL negotiates. And this will all be when uh, when the season reaches 17 games. And, of course, this means season's going to be a week later, so you're now probably looking at the Super Bowl being uh, in the middle of February versus uh, around the beginning, like the first week. So, um, you know, certainly for fans, it means extra football, uh, of course, as as we know, too, we're getting expanded playoffs, and that starts this year. That's that's the key thing to remember. We are officially done with the 12-team playoff. It is now officially a 14-team playoff. There will now be seven teams from each conference making the playoffs, and that, of course, means only the top seed in each conference will get the first round by. No longer two teams getting a bye. The number two seed will now have to play on Wild Card Weekend against the number seven seed. And, you know, certainly... Uh, and I, I've said a couple years ago, when this started to become an issue, or it started to become a possibility of expanding to 14, I, I kind of liked it. 
you know, I, I, I don't really have a problem with it because I like having that extra, that extra incentive for the number one seed because now not only are you going to have home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs, but now you're the only team that gets the first round by. So now you're the only team in your conference that has to win two games. Everybody else, including now the number two seed, now has to win three games to get to the Super Bowl, whereas the number one seed uh, only needs to win two games. And as we've seen many times over the last five or so years, when it comes to teams that have made the Super Bowl, a vast majority of those teams had the first round by, whether they were a number one seed or a number two seed. Um, the only team, I think, in the last handful of years that made the Super Bowl without being one of the top two seeds and without having the bye was the Baltimore Ravens the year they won the Super Bowl uh, against the 49ers. And you're talking that's already seven years ago. But, I mean, each of, you know, the last five or six years, uh, both teams that have been in the Super Bowl have had the first round bye. So now that number one seed becomes extremely important because you're the only team now that gets that rest on wild card weekend uh, and of course you still have home field advantage throughout the playoffs so now the number two seed you're not just hoping that the number one seed loses in the divisional for you to get to host uh the conference championship but now you've got to win on wild card weekend just to get to uh, the divisional playoff against a team that you know I get the concern, you know, there's some people are thinking, oh, teams are going to limp into the playoffs now at 8-8 eight and eight because there's seven teams. But if you actually look at the numbers over the last, even say, 10 years, in regards to teams that would have been the number seven seed, a lot of those seven seeds actually would have been 9-7 and seven versus 8-8. Eight and eight. It's kind of that bell curve. You know, you, you had a couple teams that would have been 8-8, eight and eight, a couple teams that were 10 and 6. Even, you know, there was one team. Uh, I think there was even 11. I think this was going back past 10 years, though. I think this was because this was 2008. But you had the Patriots in 2008 that were 11 and 5 that missed the playoffs. But for the most part, you're talking um, the two ends of the bell curve are 8 and 8 and 10 and 6. And then the top of the bell curve uh, are your 9 and 7 teams. The vast majority of teams that would have been the 7 seed uh, would be or would have been 9-7. and seven. Now, yes, uh, the 2019 season would have seen an 8-8 eight and eight team make the playoffs had this format been in effect because the 7th seed in the AFC would have been the 8-8 eight and eight Pittsburgh Steelers, but in the NFC it would have been the 9-7 and seven Rams. And, and if you recall, too, a few weeks ago when this, uh, when this started to be realized again, I actually looked at all the seven seeds and how the Panthers would have been affected in terms of how close they would have been uh, to making the playoffs the years that they, you know, missed the playoffs, obviously. And, you know, they weren't too much closer for a lot of those years. So I don't think it's going to affect it too much, um, but it is certainly going to, it is certainly going to help t more teams be competitive and give more teams a chance uh, to play meaningful games as we get to week 16 and 17 and then you know eventually uh, we'll have a week 18 of course once of course the season goes to 
17 games, which like I said, we expect that to be either 21 or 22 because the window that the owners have is 21, 22, 23 to exercise the option to expand to 17 games and we expect them to do so because of course it's uh, more revenue for everybody involved, uh, even the expanded playoffs, more revenue because you got two extra games now on wildcard weekend. So that was kind of a, a win for everyone. There were certainly some things that the players were fighting for that uh, that they didn't get, but you know that was to be expected in the CBA. And that's probably what some of these players thought too when they were voting yes. They figured that this might have been the best offer that they could have gotten. You know, if this got voted down, there was a chance that the next deal would not have been as favorable for the players. But again, the fact that uh, it was so close is uh, is very interesting. And you know, there's now a lot of work to do, I think, within the players' union to get everybody back on the same page. Because again, with how close this vote was, you can tell there was a there was some dissension with the with this vote, with this argument. Uh, there's certainly some division in. Uh, involved right now with, with the players union so hopefully they get back on track but the bottom line is at, le at least in terms of the league as a whole there is now labor peace for the next 11 years because this will roll now through the 2030 season so now we have 11 years at least till we have to worry about cba talks again and you know we'll and that's and that, that's certainly a good thing you know we might touch on some of the new CBA things. Um, you know, real quick too, I'll, there are some good things roster-wise for the players, you know, like each team. So the Panthers now will have the availability of having two extra active game day players. Uh, game day rosters will now be 48 players instead of 46. However, one of those two extra players has to be an offensive lineman, but I, I think that's a, a good good idea too. You know, a lot of these teams were kind of limiting them, themselves with only having seven offensive linemen. I mean, you've seen numerous times, uh, obviously injuries happen, and then um, you're starting to run out of offensive linemen. You're f pretty much forcing a tight end to have to play offensive line. Well, now at least you'll have three extra offensive linemen on your game day roster instead of two as again so again teams have to teams will now have to have eight offensive linemen and then you have an extra spot now for whoever you want it to be it could maybe if you want another offensive lineman maybe if you want to carry nine or uh you can carry uh whatever you want to do but and that's but there will be two extra offensive players or two extra players excuse me on the uh the game day roster uh, teams will still cut down to 53 uh, at the after the preseason, but each week they can bring up two players from the practice squad uh, to have 55 players on uh, on the active roster. And I think it said twice during the season you can take a player and call him up from the practice squad to the active roster, and then bring him back down to the practice squad without having. To have him clear clear, wa uh, clear waivers, excuse me, and obviously again that's that's a big deal because you know a lot of these teams want to try to stash some of these players on the practice squad throughout the season. Now again, you'll still have to deal with. It sounds like you'll still have to deal with that uh, after tr uh, preseason when you have your final cutdowns. 
Because again, while you can have 55 now on the game day roster, or on the active roster going into game day, I did see that the teams are still cutting down to 53. So I'm going to assume that you still have to clear uh, waivers with uh, with those final cutdowns. So, you know, you'll still try to still try to stash stash players on on the practice squad but at least now during the regular season you have a little more flexibility with uh with the practice squad so again certainly a lot of uh a lot of good things coming out of the cba and again a lot of things favoring the owners with the money and favoring the players you know they are going to get a bigger piece of the pie and um but you know the on-field product we are going to get one extra game the question now becomes what will that 17th game be is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, who who's it going to be against? Is it going to be some kind of, uh, some kind of interconference rivalry that they play each year? You know, for example, maybe the Panthers will play, I don't know, team like the Panthers who haven't been around a while maybe maybe the Jaguars because they came into the league together you know Panthers I don't think really have a an out of conference rival so to speak you know like for example the Eagles might play the Steelers in that sort of matchup or the Cowboys against the Texans you know you have sort of that those natural rivalries like either long time or same state whatever the case may be Panthers don't really have that um, you know, their rivals really are, uh, are in division, you know, so that's why I thought maybe the Jaguars, because they both came in the league together in the same year, uh, in the mid nineties, you know, so they're, they've both kind of grown together. So maybe you can, uh, attach that as the rivalry or, um, you know, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what would you guys think if the, if the 17th game does end up being some sort of, uh, out of division rivalry, you know, who would you like to see the Panthers play each year in that game? Um, it does also sound like the the schedule is going to set up where half the league will play nine home games and the other half will play eight home games one year, and then that'll flip uh, the following year. The other half will get uh, the nine games and the other half will get the eight. So, for example, um, in the NFC South, say 2021 the league goes to 17 games. For example, the Panthers and Saints will play nine home games in 21 and eight road games. And then the Falcons and Buccaneers will have eight home and nine away. Then in 22, that gets flipped. The Panthers and Saints will play eight, uh, eight home, nine away. And the Falcons and Buccaneers will play nine home, eight away. That's, that's what it sounds like. The, that's the direction. It sounds like the schedule is going half. The league is going to play, nine home games one year and then the other half will play nine home games uh the following year you'll still have your international games of course but the new cba does say that international games will be limited to 
uh, 10, I think it said 10 total games until 2025. I forget if it says 10 per year or 10 total international games through 2025. So we can throw out. So, so either way, we, I think we can throw out uh, every team having an international game as that 17th game. But so again, that that's what it sounded like, you know, because there was thought that it could be a neutral site game too for that 17th game. But it does so- sound like uh, te- half the league will alternate each year having that extra home game versus the extra road game. So a lot to figure out. Uh, the schedule makers will certainly have, I think, a more fun time uh, than they did with the 16 games, you know, because it's always fun with an odd number of games because now of course uh with the the uh the big four the nfl now will be the only league that will have an odd number of games at uh, at 17 games versus 82 for the nba and nhl and 162 for the mlb now of course this year those teams or those leagues probably aren't going to play all those games i mean let's face it we're, we're getting to the point where uh where they may end up playing an odd number of games because I think a lot of these games are going to end up being canceled because of the coronavirus. That's why at least the NFL was in a good position that they're nowhere near playing games right now. I think by the time the NFL season rolls around, uh, hopefully this, this settles down a bit and um, it can become safer to actually be out in public more and have these quote unquote mass gatherings and we can, start getting away from uh, social distancing. But of course, unfortunately for the other sports, uh, they're not so fortunate. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But, again, that's the nice thing is that we know there is labor peace. We know we don't have to worry about losing any NFL games in 2021 we don't have to worry about lockouts or strikes anything like that there is labor peace we've got the cba franchise tags can now be awarded no the panthers are not going to use the franchise or the transition tag they're not in a position to do so because you know you figure they're in a rebuilding mode and obviously it's a big chunk of money for for some of these players uh they really don't have a candidate i mean if they were in a, in a better position, James Bradbury could have been in position for the franchise or transition tag. But being where the Panthers are now, they're not going to shell out all that money for uh, for the franchise tag. He's going to hit the open market in a couple in a couple of days, and uh, and yeah. So like, in fact, legal tampering window starts in just a couple hours actually from when i'm recording this this you know i'm recording this at about um a little before 10 o'clock uh the uh the legal tampering period starts at about 12 and we're already starting to see some names as far as getting the tags i just saw 
Uh, Bud Dupree is getting the franchise tag from the Steelers. Shaq Barrett getting the franchise tag from the Buccaneers, which is you know not surprising. We figured it could have been him or Jameis Winston, but uh, Shaq Barrett was the sack leader, and it's less money with that tag versus tagging Jameis Winston and locking themselves into him. So Jameis Winston will officially be on the open market. Uh, the Falcons are actually going to release Desmond Trufant this week, and really curious if uh, the Panthers are going to have interest in him. I mean, Trufant's still a, a good player, but I think the, the Falcons uh, just have some cap issues, so I think I think he's just more going to be a, a cap casualty. Uh, Chris Jones getting the franchise tag from the Steelers. Uh, Leonard Williams getting the franchise tag from the Giants. And Christian Kirksey didn't wait too long uh, to be out of a job in the NFL. He, of course, was just released not too long ago by the Browns. He has signed a two-year, $16 million deal with the Green Bay Packers. But, like I said, free agent tampering window starts in a couple hours. Officially starts uh, Wednesday at 4. But, of course, the Panthers already got a bit of a jump on free agency because they signed Chris Smith. Uh, they were able to, of course, because Chris Smith had been released, and so he was eligible to sign before uh, the free agent period started. Same with uh, Christian Kirksey, because they were they were released and not having an expiring contract. Uh, but again, two two big notes in the NFC South: Shaq Barrett getting the franchise tag from the Buccaneers, and Desmond Trufant expected to be released by the Falcons this week so with that there's my rant on the new CBA so again we we know we'll have Panthers football uh, for the foreseeable future and we'll have some extra Panthers football very soon because again uh, we expect at some point in the next three years that the that the NFL will begin playing 17 regular season games and now of course there will be an extra chance for the Panthers to make the playoffs because there will now be seven teams in each conference making the playoffs rather than just six. So with that, I'm going to get out of here. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. And again, stay safe, everybody. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, I sound like Jerry Springer saying that. Take care of yourselves and each other. Uh, enjoy the week. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow right here as we get closer and closer to the start of the free agent period. Until then, Bill Rossetti, I am out, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.